This is Fair Issues on the Mormon Faircast. This week's article is entitled, Keeping the Faith, Exploring the Journey of Lehi's Family, by Michael R. Ash, read by Ned Skarsbrick. This and other articles by Michael Ash can be found at DeseretNews.com. This article was used by permission of the author and the Deseret News. Among the earliest LDS researchers to explore the likely path trekked by the Lehites, we would be remiss if we failed to include Lynn and Hope Hilton. In the early 1970s, building on some of Hugh Nibley's textural speculations, the Hiltons journeyed to Arabia, traveling over 2,000 miles through the Arabian Peninsula. They photographed the landscape and wrote about their findings. Some of their photos and thoughts were published in a two-part series in the Ensign in September and October of 1976. Details were expanded in a book they produced the same year titled In Search of Lehi's Trail, and then a follow-up book, Discovering Lehi, was published in 1996. Since 1976, other scholars, some with academic degrees relative to the topic, stepped forward and analyzed the Hilton's conclusions. Newer research has confirmed some of what the Hiltons had written, while in other cases, the Hiltons have modified their views based on the updated findings. As noted previously, as with certain areas of biblical scholarship, there are also some areas of disagreement among Book of Mormon scholars. Other LDS scholars who have contributed to the research include Eugene England, George Potter, Richard Wellington, Jeffrey Chadwick, John Welch, S. Kent Brown, and David Lefebvre, and Warren and Michelle Aston. Nephi tells us that it took eight years from the time they left Jerusalem until they sailed to the New World. 1 Nephi chapter 17, verse 4. And as Brown points out, since the route could be crossed in a matter of weeks, the Lehites must have spent a considerable period of time in one location. Since Nephi doesn't give us a breakdown of how long they stayed in each spot, the best we can do is to speculate on some possible scenarios. Warren Ashton, as well as Potter and Wellington, believe that much of their eight years was spent in the Valley of Lemuel. This was a perfect home base that was a safe distance from Jerusalem, but close enough that Lehi's sons could travel back to the city when they retrieved the brass plates. Brown, on the other hand, thinks this could have all been done in less than a year. And Lefebvre believes somewhere between the two theories. Lefebvre agrees with arguments advanced by Brown, however, that the Lehites suffered a number of afflictions in the last leg of their journey, from Nahum to Bountiful, which suggests that a large portion of their travel time was spent on the movement east from Nahum. After turning east, Lehi tells us, And we did travel and wade through much affliction in the wilderness, and our women did bear children in the wilderness. And so great were the blessings of the Lord upon us, that while we did live upon raw meat in the wilderness, our women did give plenty of suck for their children. If it so be that the children of men keep the commandments of God, he doth nourish them, and strengthen them, and provide means whereby they can accomplish the thing which he hath commanded them. 
Therefore, he did provide means for us while we did sojourn in the wilderness. 1 Nephi chapter 17, verses 2-4 through 4. While Nibley and others have argued that they didn't cook meat for fear of being spotted by marauding bands, Chadwick suggests that this part of the land, firewood and kindling might have been scarce. Raw meat might refer to sun-dried raw meat or jerky that was made sweet, verse 12, by seasonings. Regarding Lehi's afflictions, Brown points out that many years later, King Benjamin reminded the Nephites that during the Lehi's travel, they did not progress in their journey, but were driven back and were smitten with famine and sore afflictions. Mosiah chapter 1 verse 17. Their eastward route, Brown explains, would have brought some intense troubles since they were leaving areas of population and cultivation. Brown also notes that twice in this section of the record, Nephi tells his readers that they did sojourn in the wilderness. 1 Nephi chapter 17, verses 1, and then verses 3 through 4. The Bible, explains Brown, often uses the term to refer to servile relationships. Relying on many other clues from the scriptures, Brown argues that the Lehites may have experienced subjugation to or dependence on desert dwellers. Perhaps, suggests Brown, after leaving Nahum, the Lehites found themselves without disposable wealth and were obliged, at some point thereafter, to sell their services to one or more local tribesmen for food or protection, or both. The Lehites might have spent a large portion of their desert journey in the servitude of others, bargaining their freedom in return for food and protection. If you like this podcast, you can help promote it by subscribing to it in iTunes or by rating it and writing a review. Post a link on your blog and Facebook page and tell your friends about us. Questions or comments about this episode can be sent to podcast at fairlds.org or join the conversation at fairblog.org. Michael Ash is the author of the book Shaken Faith Syndrome, Strengthening One's Testimony in the Face of Criticism and Doubt, as well as the book of Faith and Reason, 80 Evidences Supporting the Prophet Joseph Smith. Both books are available for purchase online through the Fair Bookstore. Music for this episode was provided courtesy of Lawrence Green. The opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or that a fair Mormon. Thank you.